Programming notes and bottom line upfront summaries for the week of May 1st, 2022. As per usual, check out the Patreon, links in the show notes. If you want to do a meetup presentation, please reach out to me. We need to get the meetup started again. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, check the show notes. There's ways to get in contact with me. And as per usual, the summaries for the episode will follow this bit about what's going to go out this week. So on Monday, episode 68, it's going to be the build versus buy dilemma of data platforms. It's just an interview with Doran Parat at Yapo. Doran gave a lot of great perspective on making the build versus buy decisions and our learnings across building data platforms over the last six plus years. A big takeaway is to not let ego get in the way. It's absolutely valid to choose buy over build in a lot of cases. And look at the long-term decision, not just what's better today, but what will likely be better down the road. On Tuesday, episode 69, Getting Data Sharing Right at Netflix Scale, which is an interview with Justin Cunningham. I think this one will make you think a lot in, in some really useful ways. Justin talked about what he learned about data sharing in his time at Yelp and at Netflix. A big recommendation he made was get to sharing low quality data easily upfront. So you can pair with data consumers to figure out what to make into your data mesh type data products. I think this is a very different way of thinking about things than what I've seen, um, where a lot of people are saying, I need to hit a certain quality level to put something onto the mesh. And so maybe you've got something that's a side mesh or something like that of thinking about how do you let people into the tent to get their nose in the tent to to see what data might be available and start to work with the data producers to figure out what is useful and, and how you can get that into a, a usable format. I think it's a very interesting conversation and a very interesting thought pattern to, to think about. Is it something I would recommend for everybody? No. Is it something that I think people should look at? Yes. On Wednesday, episode number 70, For Your Sanity, Stop Trying to Solve It with Technology, which is Mesh Musings number 13. If you can't tell from the title, I'm again going to rant and rave about Stop Trying to Go Tech First with Data Mesh. Just sets you up for unnecessary pain. I've kind of talked about this in a lot of different places. So if (laughs) you're already bought into that, I would say there's not going to be all that much incremental in it. But I think we just need to hammer that point over and over. If you're going tech first, it's going to cause you much more pain, at least in my view and and in a lot of the views of people I I talk to and what I'm seeing out there. It's just, it's the success stories aren't telling me they're they're going tech first. It's a reverse Conway maneuver at way, way, way too big of a scale. On Friday, it'll be episode 71, Adventures in Data Maturity, Creating Reliable, Scalable Data Processes, which is an interview with Ramdas Narayanan. I chatted with Ramdas about his learnings from implementing scalable data sharing processes on the operational plane. I think the biggest takeaway is how often and how easily we lose sight of what is the business objective of the data-related work we're, we're attempting. And that leads to failures and wasted time slash money. You know, this is something where if you look at why data projects fail, that's again, that this huge, like 80% of data projects fail. 
so much of it is because people got bogged down either in the technology or in what what the art of the possible or whatever, instead of let's solve the actual challenges for now and going forward in a sustainable way. Don't let that kind of going down the wrong road happen to you. Approach your work with intentionality. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Doran Porat, a data infrastructure leader at the SaaS company Yatpo. Ask Doran to be on to discuss general topics around building a data platform, especially the process of iterating from the start and the ever constant build versus buy decisions. To start, I'll give you some of her conclusions. Number one, be kind to yourself when you make mistakes. It's worse to stagnate, so don't be afraid of change in making choices. You can change those choices. (laughs) Number two, build versus buy is always tough, but don't let your ego get in the way and push you towards building everything. Number three, if you do buy, build a close relationship with your vendors to help influence the roadmap and have an outlet if you are having issues. Having that backstop really can help. Number four, a data platform team's job is to drive usage, as usage means creating value. Drive towards that and set your KPIs around platform usage. Don't focus so much on kind of the cool tech. (laughs) Number five, there will likely be many different types of consumers of your data platform. Work to improve slash optimize the user experience for multiple different types of people, multiple different types of users. As mentioned, Doran talked about the general job of a data platform team is to drive usage because that usage means creating that value. Serving critical needs for users is crucial to driving adoption and focus the user experience on the business logic. No matter how cool the tech is, a data platform team's job isn't to expose that kind of cool tech to users. And your team's KPIs should reflect usage. However, there are all kinds of usage on both the consumer and producer side that you need to serve. So don't create a one-size-fits-all experience. This is why many guests have talked about having multiple platforms that interoperate as part of kind of their broad data platform, that there are multiple kind of mini platforms within that platform framework. As many guests have said, if your data platform isn't easy to adopt, no one will want to use it. (laughs) Your data platform should make things fun and casual to do. There needs to be a big focus on enabling data testing, including staging environments for data. I think this was a really good point by Duran. Duran is a technologist at heart. So for each decision, she instinctively wants to build instead of buy. At the start of building out the data platform for Yatpo, that was typically her decision. But as the demands for more and more capabilities from the platform, the increasing ubiquity and quality slash scalability of as-a-service offerings and the growing need to drive usage and developer happiness instead of manage cool tech, she started to consume more and more managed services. One point Duran made, which often feels obvious at the high level, but really isn't when you are building out the platform is that the vendors in the long run 
can often better serve your needs because they have a whole lot of people focused specifically on making what you use better. When you make the initial build versus buy decision, you actually might be better able to serve your initial needs by building better extensibility. So this can all feel kind of counterintuitive. You need to be able to make bets on the vendors getting to where you need them to. And sometimes those bets don't pay off either, and that's okay. To up the chance of making those bets pay off, Doran recommends building relationships with your vendors to influence their roadmap and and to also be able to get help when, when necessary. Duran strongly recommends putting together a framework for evaluating build versus buy decisions. That way you can really have some consistency in the way that you're thinking about things and iterate on how you think about things rather than kind of bouncing from decision to decision. Some of the factors she considers are how extensible is the offering? Is this taking on too many challenges in one solution? She really isn't a fan of the big black box that just does a whole bunch of things for you. You know, another one is cost and the the cost of later migration to or from a managed service, open source compatibility, etc. One thing Doran talked about that many teams seem to struggle with is the ego hit to saying someone else managing a service we use will drive more value. That's always tough, but it needs to be addressed and really thought about. Doran talked about the strong need to drive your platform forward, not just be responsive. Provide a roadmap, set time aside for innovation, etc. So you want to think about being ahead of where your customer needs, your consumer needs are going to be. So that way you can drive your platform forward instead of just responding to requests. Currently, Doran is seeing the difficulty of running proof of concepts is actually increasing. It often takes more than a few weeks to really integrate a new service into the platform, so you might not know what the real value is. And she recommends that if you don't have the team size, go for the bigger black box offerings. You won't have to integrate nearly as much together manually. Duran also made the point of there is a difference between learning to leverage a tool and operate it. You don't You want to make sure you build out the knowledge around leveraging a tool, whether you are operating it yourself or not. It's an interesting balance when you build that you don't focus too much on one or the other between learning to operate it and learning to actually use it for the purposes that you're trying to do. Uh, An interesting insight is that it takes about two years to fully migrate 80% of workloads off a legacy data platform to a new one. There's always some long tail stuff that is harder to move. So you do want to make sure you you think through your decisions and not cause thrash. I know a lot of the modern data stack talk is about, uh, I can go out there and I can get this tool and I can get up and running in in, minutes or hours instead of uh, weeks or months. And that's great, but (laughs) you can really lock yourself into that, that decision and you can create a lot of technical debt for yourself. So think through your decisions and really decide if this is something you want to make a bet on, and then also make that that build versus buy bet as well. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? 
I interviewed Justin Cunningham, who worked as a tech lead and data architect on data platforms at Netflix, Yelp, and Atlassian over the last eight and a half years. In that time, Justin was involved in initiatives to push data ownership to developers and domains. An interesting point, one I'm not sure is universal, but at least it's useful to consider, is Justin saw a lot of success at Yelp focusing on data availability. Getting data to a place it could be found and kind of played with, experimented with, was a bigger driver for success than focusing initially on data quality. Once people discovered what data was available and how they might use it, the organization was able to work towards getting that data to an acceptable quality level. I kind of talked about this in one of the Mesh musings about the concept of a speculative data product. Another point Justin made was figure out which you want to optimize for in general, getting things right up front or testing, changing, iterating. He believes in optimizing for that change. Create an adaptive process and optimize for learning and you'll get to where you want to go in the end in a much better and easier fashion. Keep it simple and focus on value delivery. It will set up more tractable bets. At Yelp, they were trying to ETL a huge amount of data in their data warehouse to build reports for the C-suite, but they were never really going to get enough data ingested to really meet their goals. It was taking them two weeks to create each new set of ETLs, and that was just creation, not accounting for the maintenance. It was looking like they'd need something like 5x the number of people to really hit what they were trying to do. What Justin found the most useful at Yelp was to focus on getting as much quote-unquote usable data in an automated way. They achieved this initially through the data mesh anti-pattern of copying directly from the underlying operational data stores and then building business logic on top of it. But that data getting into the hands of the data team meant there could be an initial value assessment. Once they proved out there could be value in the data, the conversation with the domains, you know, the developers, the, the real people who knew the, the data best, was much easier to get them to care about providing clean and reliable data. Justin mentioned the same thing Juanis Rosiers mentioned in his episode. There are operational and analytical workloads, but there should absolutely not be that separation when it comes to data. There isn't operational and analytical data. Data can be used for whatever purpose is, is good for it to use for. Data from operational systems is useful for analytics and vice versa. One thing that really helped developers understand how to share their data was thinking of data sets as being similar to public APIs. So when you do go to them and to talk about that, uh, about sharing their data, if, if you kind of connected to the API concept, that helped a lot in, in Justin's experience. At Netflix, there were just too many bespoke data sets. It made it very hard to manage quality. What they found that worked was a data certification program for data sets, creating tooling to prove a data set was complete and accurate. That and upping the amount of focus on data set reuse significantly helped them to combat that data sprawl. Back to uh, data accessibility and data availability versus quality. For Justin, he believes data analysts and data scientists initially care far more about getting data access 
as you can work to improve the data quality later, especially if there is a clear owner. I discussed this again in, in a mesh musing about the spe- speculative data products, but a key hack for them was being able to mark data as low quality. This was something I talked about of if you say all data that's on the data mesh is of uh, high quality, people automatically will move to start trusting it. So how do you make it so that people can understand that they've got to do their homework? Is this <laughs> data in a format that's uh, really of use in production or not? On driving buy-in for data producing teams, Justin again talked to proving there was value in data before the producers were bought in. Asking them to serve their data upfront without a clear specific use case was very tough. The return on investment or ROI was very squishy. Why would they wanna do this? So they got out low quality data initially and then came back to producing teams to up quality and reliability once they prove certain data was valuable. This is uh, somewhat similar to the emerging data mesh pattern of creating your data products for a consumer-focused use case. It might be a source-aligned data product, but it should still be initially serving a specific purpose with a targeted outcome, and then the data product can grow from there. To sum up one of Justin's points he touched on repeatedly, he recommends to create a pool of low effort data, which will inherently have low quality. Use that for initial research into what might be useful. Focus on maximizing accessibility. You can have governance and use things like join restrictions or give consumers an ability to self-certify that they are using the data responsibly. Once you get to the use cases, then you can go for the data mesh quality data products. Justin also shared his thoughts on how the way we do data lineage is broken. We should look to to do data lineage declaratively instead of just as a reference. This should flow through both the schema registry and the data catalog. What is the data movement supposed to be? This would enable us to much more easily test data flows and alert downstream users of upcoming changes that might break what they're doing. So with that, let's go ahead and get to the episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Ramdas Narayanan, a vice president product manager of data analytics and insights at Bank of America. To be clear, he was not representing the company and was sharing his own views only. I asked Ramdas to be on to discuss lessons learned from building effective data sharing at scale on the operational plane over the last five to 10 years, so we can learn how to apply those to our data mesh implementations. There's obviously a lot that Jumak has talked about learning from the operational plane, including microservices, domain-driven design, how to do CICD, DevOps type of things correctly. So this is, is another way where we can learn what has worked around data sharing on the operational plane. The main output of the conversation for me is a guiding principle for getting data mesh right. 
Your goal is to convert data into effective business outcomes. It doesn't matter how cool or not cool your platform is or anything else. Drive business outcomes. It's easy to let that get lost in the tool talk and everything else around data mesh. Per Ramdas, when looking at creating a data product or really any data initiative, you need to align first on business objectives and that will drive funding. In the financial space, there is uh, direct literal funding, but even outside, you should have the same mindset. Make sure you get engagement and alignment across business partners, technologists, and subject matter experts. How are you using technology to address or solve the business problem? As many have pointed out regarding data mesh, Ramdas has seen that if you don't focus on creating reusable data, you can create silos. You need cohesive data sets, not bespoke data sets for every challenge. That just doesn't scale. You should also study the data sources you are using. Is there additional useful data you could add to your data set or or for other purposes? Keeping an eye out for business value will really add a lot of value to your overall organization. When working with developers, Ramdas recommends helping them understand how the business is going to consume and use the data, and then figure out if that should be something like an API or web service or more of a custom batch delivery. It is important to also work with data consumption teams to be reasonable in their consumption demands. Getting them to modernize how they consume data can be a challenge, and that can put an unreasonable burden on producing teams. So we need to find a good balance there, a good solution. Ramdas talked about how crucial conversations and cultural in general general are to getting data projects slash products right. Sometimes the conversations can be tough, but often the they really aren't all that tough. And there just needs to be an open exchange of context and information, especially aligning on business objectives. Projects that fail typically have poorly defined business objectives or lack of alignment. Per Ramdas, it is important to educate the business people on what data exists and especially what data doesn't. That clouded vision of of what data is available creates a lot of frustration. We need to get better in general at data discoverability so the business folks can know what is available and get access easily. Ramdas has seen that good context in metadata also leads to better context sharing at the person-to-person level as it generates additional conversations. This makes sense. If you <laughs> share things down about the first three levels of uh, what, a, you know, what data you've got, those additional level four and five, somebody's going to understand potentially what data is there and you're going to jump ahead to better, better conversations. And you might really find those really valuable nuggets that would have easily been overlooked otherwise. To emphasize that point a bit more, Ramdas believes that data discovery is the main spark for sharing context. Otherwise, we are at, at best exchanging data as ones and zeros instead of the actual information. Ramdas believes everyone needs to understand how information flows through your systems. It can help you better understand the art of the possible and also identify gaps in how you will approach your challenges. Start your projects, whether that is a new data product, a new platform feature, or anything else, 
by having a lot of information architecture meetings. After that, start to focus on data discoverability. Show and tell sessions have worked well for him as they spark new thoughts and can surface good new ideas. Ramdas wrapped up on a really crucial part of data maturity, which is the curiosity factor. Always be asking, why are you doing something? What problem are we actually trying to solve? Do we have the capabilities to solve that, that challenge or those, that set of challenges? How does the data flow through our systems? Can we push data quality upstream to prevent quality issues instead of remediate the, the data once you get it and try and make it better quality once it's already gone through the system? What guardrails can we put in place to prevent issues? How can we enrich our metadata to make this data even more valuable, etc.? I think you'll learn a lot around thinking ahead and, and thinking with intentionality towards what you're trying to do with your data. 